as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! To Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 101. I am Davram, and thank you very much for tuning in and spending some of your time uh, with me as we talk about the game that we love, Sea of Thieves. And a um, lot, let's just say a lot's going on right now in the world of Sea of Thieves. Uh, we've got events going on right now. We have a new season that by the time this episode comes out, the new season will be out and you all will be uh, well within the battlegrounds of the uh, the season. In fact, some of you, by the time this episode comes out, probably have already maxed out the season pass. Because let's be honest, the season pass takes, you know, some of you hardcore legends uh, all of about uh, 12 hours or so to complete. You know, it, it takes me like a month or two just because of my playtime and whatnot, but... Some of you legends are probably already maxed a uh, hundred in your your season pass for season nine. <laughs> By the time this comes out, and it's coming out the week that season nine releases, so yeah. Um, but we've got a lot to talk about. We've got to say goodbye to season eight. Uh, we have to say congratulations and hello to the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves, uh, and congratulate that team on the hard work that they've done over five years for the game that we love. And then we've got to talk about season nine. Uh, obviously it's already out. I have not at this time of recording uh, played it. So my first time playing it will be on stream uh, this weekend. So come on over to twitch.tv slash Davram, hit that follow button and uh, we'll be playing season nine uh, this weekend for sure. Uh, and checking out some of the new stuff. Um, so we've got a lot to cover, but before we get into any of that, I have to say thank you, and we have to honor our glorious but notorious patrons who financially contribute uh, to this show and my content. So, without further ado, thank you very, very much for your continued support. Blade X Life, Scamelt 666, Lane, and Regis Stella. I appreciate you guys very, very, very much. I, I, there's no thanks that I can say that's big enough. Um, um, to just say, it's just so amazing that, that you folks feel that my content is so important to you, uh, that you're throwing your hard earned money, uh, my way. And it, it does go a long way, um, to, to making this show and, and helping me with some of the upkeep and stuff like that. So I appreciate it very, very much. And if anyone else out there, uh, would like to throw some lovely patron, notorious patron doubloons my way. Uh, you can check out all the tiers and the patron rewards, I guess. Patron thank you things. I don't know what they're called. Incent. I don't know what they call them. Things that you get for just being a patron. 
you can uh, go over to patreon.com slash Davram TV uh, and monthly tiers start as low as a dollar. And the big thing is you get the episode before anyone else. So um, you can listen to it before anyone else and listen to my rants and my raves and everything else before anyone else gets it on YouTube or Patreon or all that stuff. Wait, I just said before people on Patreon, but before YouTube and podcasting apps. There you go. Jesus. Have I said that it's been a long couple months at work and it's just getting more and more worse for me? You can tell by the way my mind is working right now. Um, All right, so let's first start out by saying farewell to Season 8. Uh, and I want to take a few minutes and talk about Season 8. Um, I didn't write any notes down um, aside from one, and, and I'll get that in a, in a minute. Um, so let's start off with the with the I think the most important thing that we need to take from season eight. And that is season eight is the most impactful season, potentially the most impactful update that Sea of Thieves has ever done. And yes, I know we had the anniversary update. I know we had shrouded spoils. I know we had a lot of things in the past. But from my time playing Sea of Thieves, which was not year one, and looking through all of their updates, this update brought an entire new system to the game that didn't exist before. It brought a whole new way to play that didn't exist uh, before. It brought an entire new matchmaking, skill-based matchmaking system into the game that never existed before. It did so many things that had never been done by by Sea of Thieves, by Rare, ever. It was, it was something that catered to a group of players that really felt that they were getting no love, right? The, the last time they got love was the arena update, and some players nowadays didn't even know what the arena was. And this is the first time that, that PvP players got love. Now, I love PvP. Um, many of you have watched my stream. I love PVP. I love getting into fights. I'm not good. I'm not good. And I'm a very competitive person, um, which is why PVP makes me angry and stresses me out, uh, because I am a very competitive person, uh, and I want to be good and I want to be able to destroy people. I just don't have the time to invest, to get better at video games. It's just un video games are not my priority in life, um, uh, anymore. Uh, they used to be, I used to spend, you know, stupid amounts of time on video games and, and, and at my age where I am right now and my health and things like that, video games cannot be the priority of my life. Social media cannot be the priority of my life. So I'm going to continue to play Sea of Thieves the way I want to play it at my speed. Uh, and, and I'll eventually get the curses. I can tell you this. I don't think I got to level 20 on either of them through the entire season eight. I was also very frustrated with season eight for a variety of different reasons, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I think overall, if we're looking at the overall storyline of Sea of Thieves in five years, I personally think season eight was the most impact, the most game impacting um, update that they have ever done. It brought with it its own challenges. It brought with it its own issues. But in general, I think season eight will go down as the most impactful update that Sea of Thieves has ever done. Ever. Period. Because of all the new stuff 
that was implemented. And sure, captaincy implemented some cool stuff, right? But it wasn't as big as an impactful as a, a, a hourglass system, an MMR system. Like it just wasn't. It added some cool stuff, but it wasn't as impactful. Now, on the back end, it probably was, you know, equal to the coding that had to go into to PvP or whatever. I'm sure that the the system that the, all the systems that were introduced in season eight, I'm sure that there's other updates that can come close to that amount of development. I'm sure. But as far as how it impacted the game how it impacted the game. It pulled players that wanted to PvP off the PvE side of the game and put them in their own little bubble, not really a bubble because you could invade their bubble, but it put them in their own little space where they knew that when they queued up, it was going to get a go against someone else who was aware that it was PvP, especially when you're getting up into the higher MMRs. You know, when you're in the lower MMR, sure, you're going to run into people that is like, hey, flip a coin and that's who wins. Because, again, they might not be as interested into the PvP aspect as others. But when you're getting into the higher MMR, those are the folks that they're there to PvP. They're there to board. They're there to double gun. They're there to show off how good they are at combat. And so it gave them an outlet. And I think that was important for the overall health of the game. It allowed people who wanted to focus on PvE to focus on PvE without the constant threat of, you know, sweat lords breathing down their neck all the time, tucking and everything else. Not saying that that stopped, but it lessened it. It took the percentage of PvP in the open world of adventure who were there to attack other PvE ships. It took them out of that space and move them into their own combat space. It doesn't stop the open world PVP, but it helped bring that more healthy balance where players who just wanted to PVE had less of an opportunity that they were going to run into PVP. Now it, by no means was a clean update. By no means is it clean to this day. There are still a lot of issues with it. They are continuing and like very aggressively working on the hacking and the cheating, which existed in Sea of Thieves before. But once you introduce a competitive MMR-based uh, matchmaking system, now you're now you're really calling attention to those hackers and those cheaters. So they continue and will have that issue for a long time. It's not going to be something that disappears overnight. There are long-standing games that have existed far beyond five years. Games who, from the beginning, had the building blocks to be a, a Q-based matchmaking MMR PvP system that still have issues with hackers and cheaters. It's just how the world works. Whenever you have a competitive system, you're going to have those people that are out there trying to figure out how to manipulate and cheat. Joe Neat called it out. He's like, you know, we knew that this was going to happen and we're continuing to work to make it cleaner. They'll never 100% fix it. Valorant hasn't 100% fixed it. Uh, Counter-Strike hasn't 100% fixed it. Destiny hasn't 100% fixed it. None of these, none of 
of these p competitive PvP games have 100% fixed the hacking and everything. Because if they did, that knowledge, you know, that, that system or whatever, other studios are going to want to get their hands on it. So trust me, that's a, that is a huge moneymaker if a studio figures out a system to stop all hackers and cheaters. They're going to sell the shit out of that to everyone else. And who's to say that that won't still get figured out eventually? Which is why Sea of Thieves keeps it very quiet on how they monitor that and how they they um, are are proactively taking care of that situation. The other issues they've ran into during this time, it, obviously they learned that they have to be fast on the balancing. They struggled with that early with the blunder bombs. They did not take action fast enough on the blunder bombs. They also took a lot of heat with the Q times. They knew they were going to take a lot of heat with the Q times. And in classic Sea of Thieves fashion, they pushed the update out before it was fully baked. They were still baking parts of it in the oven after it went out because they already anticipated this as an issue. They just didn't have it done in time. And that's classic Sea of Thieves. We've seen it across the board. It's something that I feel needs fixed, but it's something that we've had to deal with, and I think we'll continue to deal with it just because of the way that Rare works. They had issues with harpoons. They had issues with bucket reg. Obviously, hit reg. Still a thing. Issues with food reg. Issues with silent boarding. Things that they have resolved multiple times in the past that they keep letting sneak back in um, during their coding process. You know me, I think it's unacceptable. But if we look holistically at Season 8, I think it's the greatest update that they have ever done. It is by far the greatest season that they have ever done. And I didn't play it as much as other seasons just because of my frustration with the systems. That doesn't mean just because I didn't play it and just because I was very critical of of their their poor quality assurance and their poor development on this and fully baked solutions and not allowing bugs to be back in does not mean that this wasn't a great update and doesn't mean that it wasn't the greatest update they've ever pushed. I think Season 8 is a complete game changer for Sea of Thieves and will continue to be for years to come as they continue to refine it and make it better and tweak it and change it and maybe expand it in the future. Who knows what they're going to do? But I think that this update is going to be an impactful update for years to come. I know I'm going to be playing it for years to come on and off because I want to get the curses. And that's a lot of grinding that I'm just not willing to put down and sit for months on end to get my curses. So I, I think it's, I, I don't even want to say farewell to season eight. Why? Because it's still there. Everything that we got in season eight is still there and it's going to remain there. And what it did for the game, the health of the game um, on a, on a PVE and PVP side, I think is unquestionably amazing. I think it's great. It's going to be here for a very long time. So I don't want to say farewell to it, but we are saying farewell to it because the season passes over and we're now ready to move on to season nine. So, again, congratulations, Rare, for putting out the best update that you ever had as far as game impacting. Shame on you for not making it as clean as it could be. Shame on you for not having a system in place to quickly, as a live service game, address major issues with your system. But it's your first time doing it on this stuff, and you're learning. 
And I'm sure next time it'll be better. I hope next time it will be better. I hope everyone had fun with season eight. I know last episode I talked about, you know, the mental strains on gaming, the mental strains that I've been going through. Um, I hope those out there who didn't get the curses or who got frustrated and gave up, I hope that you continue um, to, to keep trying. I hope you continue to get in there um, and have some fun and, and realize it's a game. And if it's starting to get to you, just stop doing the hourglass, go back to other stuff and just slowly get it. It, it's not a big deal. It's not going anywhere. Um, I know I heard a lot of people say, well, now that season eight is over, shouldn't they make a PVE access uh, line to the curses? And I don't think that's a good idea. They didn't make a PVE line um, to allow you to access the triumphant stuff. They didn't make a PVE line in order for you to um, access the legendary Sea Dog stuff. They didn't make a PVE line for you in order to get Iron Sea Dog and things like that. You had to play PvP. You had to do the arena. You had to get wins in order to get all that stuff. Um, and I and I know again, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, uh, but it's only clothing, whatever." Look, it's just a it's it's a cosmetic. It's a curse. Okay, it's just another cosmetic. Just like the triumphant blunderbuss, just like the legendary sea dog um, weapons or the legendary, yeah, the legendary weapons from um, the arena wins, just like the triumphant sea dog cannons and, and sails and everything. Those were all based in arena. You had to PVP in order to get them. And so I don't think that they need to have a PVE line of advancement now that season eight is over in order to get that. If it's going to be in the game for a long time, then allow people to slowly grind it. I, I, I think that that is absolutely fair. I have been on the record many times saying I do not think games need to cater to everyone when it comes to their unlocks. I don't think they need to. Does it suck not to have them? Sure, if it's something that you want. But if it's also something that you want, you're going to put in the time. You're going to swallow that frustration and eventually you're going to get there. Or you're going to choose that it's not important to you. But I don't think that games should ever have to cater to people in order to get their uh, in order to get their unlocks. Put them out there. If people want them, then they will do the work to get them. If they don't want them, well, guess what? They won't do the work to get them. That's just how it is. You can sit there and lose every single battle. You can go in and scuttle or just go in and just let them kill you and sink you, and you will get allegiance. You don't have to ever fight back. You don't ever have to have the stress of a battle. Just go in there, put your sails up, drop your anchor, jump off your ship and just let them sink you. And if they don't sink you scuttle your ship and move on, you'll still get allegiance. It'll take you a lot longer than wind streaks and stuff like that, but you'll get there. Eventually you'll get there eventually, but I don't think there's any reason that sea of thieves should should cater to folks who think there should now be a PVE path in order to get these cosmetics, leave them in the PVE or leave them in the PVP, leave them in the season eight hourglass stuff and allow people to, to, to grind it in their way, in their time. And they will eventually get it. It's been five years. This game that we love and we love to hate has been around for five years. And this is a big moment for Rare. It's a big moment for the Sea of Thieves team. And it's a time that we can look back. 
And we get a lot of stuff during the anniversary times, and this one's no exception, um, with a whole bunch of stuff that we get on this. So uh, let me just run through some of this, and we'll talk about it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the fifth anniversary, uh, and I'm going to call it a walkthrough time. Now, you know how I feel about reusing stale old content. The only time that I will not bitch about using stale old content is during anniversaries because the purpose of an anniversary is to remember the journey that you were on. And the journey for this year's anniversary was a 10-day event broken up into five two-day mini-events that were time-limited. Each each of the mini-events allowed you to get up to three points, Um, And then if you completed at least one point per um, of per per event, so five total events that you took part in and got a point from um, you completed and got all the cosmetics and it was a new eye patch. And then it was some stuff from the past. It was the golden sailor uh, cat or the golden sailor wheel from the past. It was the eye of reach uh, bottle from the past. Um, it was the golden sailor cannons was the, the top one. And I I'm missing one, but I, I don't remember what I'm missing. I had all, but the eye patch and the cannons, which I really wanted the cannons. Um, but for me, it came down to, it was the last day work has been absolutely killing me. Literally. I have been away from my computer for pretty much a week. Um, I, I did pop on and I was trying very hard late at night, uh, when I would get done working to pop on and try to do something quick. It didn't take long to get a single point. It really didn't. I mean, you could easily get your one event point per, you know, the five, you could easily get it in under 30 minutes. It wasn't a two, a big time investment. It really wasn't. Um, but when I was talking about, you know, you shouldn't cater to players, uh, when it comes to things that you want to do. And I'll give you a prime example. We got to the last two days. The last two days, I worked until almost 10 p.m. And I'm in bed usually at 9 because I get up at 4.30 to the, go to the gym. So I got home and stopped working at like 10 p.m. So I missed the first day. I missed the first day of the, of the I, I had done events 1, 2, 3, and 4. So I was set up to go and just visit a C4 on day 5. I knew that I had to do that in order to get my golden sailor cannons. The first day I was working to like 10. So I was already past my bedtime. I was exhausted. I came home, went to bed, knowing I would have one more day and looking at my work schedule and realizing I had plenty of time in the evening to do so. Then near the end of my work day, I got pulled into something and I was there till after eight o'clock at night. Didn't get home till almost nine o'clock after nine o'clock. I, I didn't eat dinner because I didn't have time. And I sat there and I'm like, I was talking to captain Logan on discord, asking when the last day of this event was because time is so cluster fucky in my head right now because of work. I didn't know. And he's like, tonight's the last night. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to take me less than 30 minutes to get to a sea fort, but it's past nine o'clock and I'm exhausted. My health is more important than a cosmetic in a game. And I made the choice to go to bed. And I made the choice to go to bed knowing that it changes over at 10 a.m. UTC, which is just before I go to work. So I'm like, I will go to the gym and then I will come home. I will do it quickly, get in the shower, go to work. I got up. I felt pretty good. 
I got in the gym. And when I'm in the gym, I don't set a timer. I work out until I'm done because that's why I go so early. I know my body will say no by the time that it's time. And no joke, I was in the gym for like an hour and a half, which is a lot longer than I'm normally in there. I'm usually in there for an hour. It's like an hour and a half going on an hour and 45 minutes. And I looked at the clock and I'm like, well, don't have time for it now because I got to shower and get to work because I had an 8 a.m. meeting. So I didn't get my Golden Sailor cannons. It's a cannon set that I really, really wanted, but I made the choice to to choose personal health over a video game. Could I have easily cut out another 30 minutes of sleep here? Could I have easily set an alarm at the gym and left early? Absolutely I could. But again, like I said right off the bat of this episode, I am choosing not video games anymore. And I think that's a healthy thing for me. I'm still going to be playing plenty of video games. Trust me, I'm going to be playing more video games than than a lot of people. But when it comes down to a choice of video games or working out or video games or going to bed, I'm going to choose the healthier side of that argument every single time. It's just a, a mind shift change that I've had to make in my life in order to make sure I can hit personal goals that I want to hit. Am I upset that I did not get my um, my cannons, sure, because I don't know when they'll come back again. I might never get them. But I also know that I made the right choice for me. Um, you know, I made the right choice. Some of you out there uh, might not have got them because of the timing. Again, I'm not a huge fan. I was not a huge fan when they, they, they did this. I'm not a huge fan of that small of a time because, again, there's some people out there who might be traveling. I saw it on Twitter. Some of their partners were traveling and were like, shit, I, I can't play this, right? And, of course, some people will say, well, you can get Xbox on your phone. Fuck that. Some people are going to say, well, you probably have a laptop. You know what? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That should not be the reasons, right? That if, if you're traveling or on vacation or something like that, then you should not be worrying about logging into a video game for a time-sensitive event. In my mind, what Rare should have done is, is they should have allowed you to rack up points. So there are potentially three points on each of the five events. So if I had time to get three points on the first event and two points on the second event, then I should get my total five points. It shouldn't be locked down where there's three points possible, but you only need one. That was a silly design choice in my mind. It really made it dumb because all that you had to do was actually just swim to a shrine, touch a sea fort. You didn't have to do any of the other stuff. So it really, in my mind, wasn't a true walkthrough time of the, of the, of the timeline. If there was one of those timeline, like the hunter's call where you go fishing and stuff, if that was something that was more interesting to players to do all three versus doing a shrine or treasury, then allow them to get three points out of what they thought was really good. I think what they should have done was they shouldn't have unlocked them all at the same time. I think blocking it and unlocking it as you go was fine. I think that that cadence was okay. Every two days, a new event unlocks. But what they should have done was keep the old events going and allow the players to choose which of the items, which of the events they did. So 
if I wanted to do the three hunters call and then I wanted to go do a C fort, guess what? I've got my five points. I get all my stuff. I think that would have been a better design. It would have been more respectful of players time and it would have allowed the players to choose which part of the game's history to walk back through and re-experience instead of forcing them to basically just dip their toe into each, each group. Let at this point, let the players choose which of the history they want to go back there because everyone has their favorites you know me i don't like the sink sunken kingdom if i had the choice not to dive underwater ever again in my life i would do that because i hate leaving my ship but i like the sea forts now that was the last one um so i probably wouldn't i obviously didn't do that one i don't really like the hunter's call but the first one was sinking skelly ships i like sinking skelly ships so i would have done all three of those I just think the overall design and choices of making them locked to only two days was a really bad choice. They should have allowed the players to choose which goals they wanted to do and left them open the entire 10 days. I think that would have been a much better community um, thing. I'm sure on their side they were trying to track uh, certain analytics and how did this type of, of – of time limited event work for them what was their player numbers etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm sure there were some sort of testing analytics that they were trying to do but honestly let everyone experience the fifth year anniversary leave it open for the entire 10 days and allow players to choose which part of sea of thieves history to dive into and play I <coughs> excuse me i think that would have been a much better much better design on that So let's talk about some more dates. Some of these dates may have, uh, some of these dates will have already started by the time that this episode comes out for everyone. But patrons, patrons listen closely because when you get access to this video, a lot of these dates have just started. Twitch drops. It will be the Omen ship set, which is the Gears of War ship set if you've missed it in the past. All streamers who stream Sea of Thieves from March 16th to March 20th will have access to do the Twitch drops in traditional fashion. Each hour you get another portion of the ship set. You need to claim it before the next portion starts to go. So make sure you link your Twitch account with your Sea of Thieves account. Um, you can do that on the Sea of Thieves website, um, or you can go to the Twitch drops area and connect your account that way. Make sure you connect the appropriate Sea of Thieves account. And that's for all streamers. There will be an Emporium sale from the 17th through the 28th. So 17th of March to the 28th of March, there will be a large Emporium sale where they're bringing back some of the old beloved Emporium cosmetics for you to purchase. You will also be able to get a free emote. So make sure you check out your local Emporium and get your free emote. There will be several login bonuses over this time period of the fifth anniversary. The first login bonus will be yours um, from the 17th to the 22nd of March. Um, it will be the fifth year anniversary Golden Griffin figurehead. They've done Griffins in the past. I think they're, they look really cool. Uh, this will be the Golden Griffin figurehead just for logging into the game between the 17th of March and the 22nd of March. Next weekend, we will have our community day, and it is going to be an extended community day with a lot of cool shit. Um, it'll be the 25th of March to the 27th of March. 
you can guess that Captain Logan and I will definitely be doing something during that time. Um, and here's what you can look forward to to the fifth year anniversary community day. Login bonuses. You will get the community day flag, which is really nice. It's black with gold. Looks really good. You will get a barrel hide with a cake on top emote. So the classic barrel hide emote, but it'll have a nice little uh, birthday cake on top with some bananas in it. You will get all pirates. We'll get the new Pirate Legend Skull of Destiny Voyage for free. All pirates. This uh, voyage, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is in Season 9. It will be released, and it'll be for Pirate Legends only. But if you log in during Community Day, uh, you will get the voyage regardless if you're a Pirate Legend or not. You can obviously... Uh, check out the merch store, the Rare and Sea of Thieves merch store. If you want to get T-shirts or posters or any of the little figurines or whatever, they will be running merch store discounts um, during Community Day, the two days of Community Day. They have also added a new Golden Sands photo wall. So there is a nice... Um, a nice wooden uh, photo wall at New Golden Sands with the Roman numeral five in like ivy and flowers on the back. So take your crew over there during community day uh, and get you a nice little picture to remember the fifth year anniversary. That looks pretty cool. And it's only going to be there for a limited time. It is going to be something that they take away. So make sure you go over there and do that. Um, and also, here's the big one. You uh, folks out there who might not have the the disposable income to buy ancient coins in order to get everything from the Emporium. Community Day, this uh, fifth year anniversary Community Day is going to be the time for you to rake in the ancient coins courtesy of Rare. There will be 50 million ancient coins up for grabs during the two-day event in Community Day. And what it'll be is as the Community Day rank goes up, as people are using the hashtag and uh, engaging on social media, the spawn rate of ancient skellies in the world will be increased until 50 million ancient coins are are uh, claimed by players. So if you are a player who wants things out of the Emporium, who doesn't like to spend money in video games, or who doesn't have the disposable income to buy some of the things you want, make sure you play during Community Day. You're going to have a great chance to get a nice chunk of Ancient Coins um, because the spawn rate of Ancient Skellies will go up uh, and a total of 50 million Ancient Coins will be dished out by these Ancient Skeletons across the course of two days. Uh, the last thing that we've got as an announcement, um, and it's really cool, I'm so excited to see it, and we'll probably talk about it um, next episode along with the patch notes for Season 9 next episode. Um, there is a Sea of Thieves documentary coming out on March 20th, and it's going to be footage over the last, I believe they said, eight years, because obviously, you know, Sea of Thieves released five years ago, but there was a lot of work that happened to Sea of Thieves years beforehand, right? Um, so there will be a Sea of Thieves documentary launching on March 20th that will talk about the five years of Sea of Thieves and the lead up to the release of Sea of Thieves five years ago with never, be never before seen footage um, of, of the, the characters and the folks that you love 
um, Mike Chapman, Joe Neat, Andy Preston, all the folks at the Rare Studios that have made this happen over the course of five years. You'll see a lot of behind-the-scenes design choices, how launch went, a lot of stuff uh, that was captured over the years um, leading up to and through the five years of Sea of Thieves on March 20th. Uh, check it out. Make sure you go watch it. I know I'm going to. I'm When I saw that they were doing a documentary, I got really excited for it. So we'll talk about the documentary a little bit next uh, next episode. Because uh, I'll definitely have watched it by then, most likely, uh, and also the season nine patch notes, so you can know my feelings uh, after my first playthrough of it, and you will get to um, uh, hear what I think about their their patch notes. So uh, that'll be for next week. So that's the fifth year anniversary. A lot of stuff. Rare is is shooting off the fireworks pulling back the curtain and really allowing us the community to celebrate the fifth year anniversary of the game uh, that they love and the game that we love and really emphasizing the community, giving back to the community and really showing that Sea of Thieves is here. Uh, they made a splash that in, in, in the overall gaming industry with this game. And they've came a long way um, since it started. They've got a long way to go. Uh, and in the, uh, the the podcast or the the season nine preview, uh, they said for themselves that, to be quite honest, we've got another five years already mapped out, right? Um, so there you go. So they're here to stay. Uh, I'm glad they're here to stay. I love this game and I can't wait uh, to see where it goes in the future. So again, congratulations to the Rare staff, the Rare studio. We love you very much. I may sound like I hate you. I may sound like I, I don't like any of you at times, but that's just because I love it so much and I just wish it was perfect. Nothing's ever perfect except for me. Um, we all know that. Uh, but thank you very much for your five years um, of supporting this game, developing this game, all the hard work leading up to this game. Thank you from my heart and my community with Pirate Talk Radio. And I'm going to say it from the entire community of Sea of Thieves. Thank you for giving us this world to explore, the stories to have, and the stories that we're making on ourselves. Thank you for giving us this game. Um, and I hope that over the next five years it continues to grow and continues to get better. And we have so many more stories to tell. Um, so, again, congratulations on five years, Sea of Thieves. And thank you, Rare, for giving us this amazing game okay season nine i know they got rid of the names to updates um but if this still had updates this would be season nine uh quality of life just or you know circle of life or whatever so i haven't looked at the patch notes i haven't played the game uh for season nine yet that'll be this weekend um probably the first stream that any of you who are listening to will be on the 18th. Um, you, you all be able to tune in and, and watch me play, um, on twitch.tv slash, uh, Davram because, uh, self plugs are great. Um, so let's go through some of the quality of life things that they revealed to us and my thoughts on them. Um, so before we dive too much into this, I, I first want to state at the very beginning, and, and I talked to several people about this, but these are quality of life. And I don't believe, and we'll get through my notes here, but I don't believe there were too many, if any, 
that I put that these are negative. I think there might be a couple that weren't good choices. I see why they did it, but they weren't good choices. But what this season nine is, and you hear me say it all the time, Rare puts out undercooked and half-baked updates and undercooked and half-baked patches where things aren't clean and things aren't complete and they've got other iterations that they then have to do in order to get it to a point where it should have been when they launched it or they break something and then they never go back and fix it for months or or seasons later we've seen it food reg bucket reg silent boarding um harpoons we've seen it time and time again cosmetics falling off your ship and you have to rebuy them we've seen this time and time and time again over the years they have continued to lop on more and more spaghetti on top of their spaghetti code to a point where some of the spaghetti noodles underneath are just flat broken So season nine, it might be a quality of life season, but in my mind, for a lot of this stuff, I'm going to refer it to season nine back in the oven because finally they've taken the time to realize, and I'm sure they do realize it. They just don't talk about it as they probably shouldn't. They finally have taken the time to go back to the oven and make sure the chicken is not raw in the center. They went back to the oven to make sure the steak is not still frozen in the center. They went back to the oven to make sure the meatballs are completely cooked and the sauce is seasoned properly. That is what this update from what I've seen on the high, on the the high level side from their, from their preview. That's what this season is all about. It's going back and actually finishing the dishes that they started some, some of the stuff years ago that they started years ago. They have finally went back to clean up the plate to make sure that the protein and everything is cooked on the plate. That's, that's what this is. So season nine is season nine back in the oven. Things are going back in the oven. They are now going to be completely cooked and they're going to be delivered to us the way they should have been originally. So let's go through some of this stuff um, that they announced um, and, and I'll talk about my thoughts on it. First thing, world events are now scaling based on crew. This is a good change. They stated that many of these world events will seem easier now. But the I, but in reality, they're just less frustrating. So let's talk about world events. World events for the longest time has been based on ship size. So a galleon gets a certain uh, level of world event, a brig, a sloop, etc. But a galleon may not have a four-person crew. It may have a three-person crew. A brig might only have two people. A sloop might only have one. So the original idea of scaling on ship size was incomplete. It was uncooked. It was unfinished. It was un, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't ready because they didn't think in their heads, Hey, what if someone solos a sloop? What if someone duos a brig? What if someone three mans a galleon? 
that that wasn't something they thought about. They based it on ship size, not crew size. It doesn't matter the size of a ship. It matters the size of the crew. At the end of the day, that's what it matters. So this went back in the oven, and now our world events are going to be based on crew size. So a sloop, a solo slooper, is going to have a battle on their hands. But it's not going to be an all-uphill, frustrating, hard battle as it was when the thing was designed for two players versus one. I think this is a great change. Um, it was a thing that definitely needed to be recooked, needed to be redressed, and now it looks like a complete product on the plate, so long as it works. We'll find out when I start playing. But I'm just going to... I hate to say this, I'm going to assume that everything we're going to talk about here is going to be a fully baked solution this time. So this one, great. And I think a lot of these, I'm going to say, are really good ideas and should have been done, like I said, back in the beginning, but they served us raw meat. Skeleton fort cannons now match the AI of the sea forts, which means... If you have your ship pulled up and parked, there's not going to be an annoying skeleton that spawns and starts shooting your boat when it's right up close to the sea fort and parked, or uh, the skeleton forts. Sea forts stop doing it. You still have that epic approach where the cannonballs are flying at you and hitting your ship, but once you get so close, those cannons stop. At skeleton forts, they didn't. And especially when you died in the island reset, those skeletons would reappear and start bombarding your ship, which would make doing the skeleton forts very frustrating and take longer. This is, again, a good change. It was something that they did fully bake in uh, sea forts, but never went back to properly finish cooking on skeletal forts. Now they've done it. That's a good change. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about some, uh, some chest changes. So there's a new chest that's going to be introduced. It is only going to be currently at the Fort of Fortune. It is called the chest of fortune, and it will be linked to commendation, um, which will unlock exclusive ship sets. The ship looks beautiful, by the way. Now I'm not a fan of adding more chests at this time. They have a really bad economy right now in their in their game. And they've got items like the Chest of Legends, the Ashen Wind Skulls, Emissary Flags, and none of their prices work anymore. Because again, it's a legacy pricing thing that they just keep building blocks on top of it without reassessing the value of things uh, before. I don't like the idea of just adding commendations because you added a new chest. They did that with the Gold Hoarder Vaults, etc. Um, I, I just don't like it. Now, the chest looks really cool. The ship set looks really cool. I just don't like the concept of, hey, let's spice up this fort and throw a new chest in there <laughs> that sells for an ungodly amount of price. So, and now this chest is most likely now going to be the rarest chest in the game uh, because it only drops in the Fort of Fortune. So it should have a lot of money. 
But what are you now saying about your chest of legends? What are you now saying about the Ashen Wind Skull, which I believe um, at Max Emissary will sell for the same as the, the chest of fortune? You know, this is the thing I want them to do is relook at the overall price of their items and rescale their pricing system to reflect the rarity of the item. I think that's a better approach than just saying, hey, here's a new chest. Hey, it sells for a shit ton of money. Oh, and by the way, we locked combination or locked a cool ship behind it. There you go. Something new to do. As of right now, to my knowledge, there's no lore behind it. There's no reason that these just apparently appeared in the Fort of Fortunes. Like, it's just, it's adding something to add something, right? And in general, in general, season nine seems like, like I said, back in the oven, cleaning up what they didn't fully bake last time when they first brought it out. So, of course, they're going to try to sneak in some sort of new content for you to grind out. Putting in new content to add grind for the sake of grinding is stupid. It's bad game development. And that's how I see the chest of fortune. It was added because most of this stuff is cleaning up their mess. And so they wanted to give players something to grind out so people don't say, well, there's nothing to do. Of course there is. You're just, you just don't have an imagination like you're supposed to with this game. So I'm not a huge fan of the chest of fortune. Again, it's now going to be the rarest chest in the game because it only spawns on the Fort of Fortune. It is what it is. It's going to add cool content um, for streamers and people to steal. It's going to add a lot of cool stuff. But again, I see it as we're adding a grind because most of this stuff is not actually giving you something new to do. And for some players who have completed a lot of the combinations, this is now going to give them a reason uh, to grind more. But again, grinding for the sake of grinding is bad game development. The Reaper chest has now changed. Um, the Reaper chest will now have a exclusive weapon set law um, um, behind um, selling those, which is cool. Um, again, don't really like adding a commendation grind just to have a commendation grind, especially since I think I've already maxed out my my two Reaper chest cells. Eh, I hope they don't just add a new commendation and say, "Hey, do it again." Um, again, adding that grind just to add that grind is bad, bad design and bad development. But what I do like about this is, and something again, that wasn't fully baked. When you touch a Reaper chest, the ribbon goes away. Why? Where does it go? What, what sense does that make? So now wherever the Reaper chests are, the ribbon will continue to be, even if it's in your hands and you're running for the turn-in. I think this is great. I think it's how it should have been from the very beginning. Again, fully baking it. But I'll have to see how this exclusive weapon set um, comes to pass. And I really hope it's not, hey, here's another commendation to grind out. Since, since you've already turned in X amount of Reaper chests and Reaper bounties, oh, by the way, here's some more for you to do. Grinding for the sake of grinding is bad design and bad development. A few minor things um, that I don't think a lot of players, you know, some players I think these are huge for, other players I think, eh, whatever. Uh, food radial dial. From what I understand, again, I don't play on Xbox, and you're not going to get me to play on a controller unless we hit certain charity milestones, and then I have to play on a controller at some point. Please don't hit those milestones, but please hit the milestones for the kids. Um, save my sanity, but please help the kids. Um so apparently for like Xbox users, uh, this is huge. I don't know. I don't play Xbox. 
Um, but if this is so, like, I, I've been told by multiple Xbox users that this is a huge quality of life for them, is, is adding a food uh, radial dial. Awesome. That's great. Uh, that's a huge portion of uh, Sea of Thieves player base. So having that in there for those players, I think, is great. The other thing, which, again, from the very beginning never made sense to me, and that is adding the flag to the shipwright chest. It never made sense to me why that was the one ship cosmetic. Uh, well, now we have trinkets, but that was the one ship cosmetic for the longest time that you actually had to board the ship, climb the thing, and change it up there. I mean, that was kind of a nice moment where it's like, oh, I'm raising the colors. That's cool, but it just didn't make sense why it wasn't put in the box with everything else. So again, a lot of people, I think that's a minor thing to them. But again, it shows Rare is going back and putting things back in the oven and baking it properly. The next two are huge huge and the jokes the jokes that were made during the deep dive and also the trailer are hilarious so first off when a ship sinks it will also just like the other world events when those creatures are dead or sinks player ships loot will now spawn seagulls so that's really good because there's a lot of times when you're in battle and you lose track of what you where your loot is right so it's good that they've added that again something that they've added over time but not went back and fully baked the original implementation um, so i think this is another example of that but here's the kicker and the one that i absolutely love they have removed Reaper Runners. They have removed the ability for any player, Reaper or not, to run into the Red Sea to deny loot from others. If you now, in Season 9, run into the Red Sea and sink your ship in order to deny loot, the game will draw a line straight back from where you sunk to safe waters and your loot will spawn there. So you can run into the Red Sea all you want. I hate to tell you this. The person is getting your loot anyways. They're just going to wait for it to pop up. So might as well just try and fight and just battle because they're going to get it anyways. I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, I'm just going to waste your time. You'll eventually give up. I promise you, I won't give up. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to chase you for a couple hours, let you run into the run sea and still get your loot. In my mind, just turn and fight because uh, they're going to get it anyways. Um, so I love that. Again, something that should have been done a long time ago, and now we're finally getting it. <clears throat> uh, with the introduction of the new season pass, they're putting a uh, big focus around more piratey clothing. Um, so for the longest time, um, you know, we've gotten some of these outstanding costumes, some of these absolutely fantastic, mystical, fantasy, sci-fi outfits that we've been able to put on. Um, but in general... A lot of players want piratey stuff, stuff that looks like what we see in pictures, what we see in movies of pirates. Uh, and we're now going to get that in this season pass. A lot more piratey cosmetics uh, to get from vendors and in your season pass. So I think that's really cool. I don't change my outfit a whole lot, but maybe, maybe they're going to introduce something in here that'll convince me to change my outfit. Um, another piece with the world events um, that I think is good. So many times with things with the, um, the 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 shrouded spoils, I think is what it was called, that adventure that changed the megs. Um, things that have changed the Kraken spawn. Um, when the Fort of Fortune was uh, introduced, 
uh, things that changed the the world event spawning, moving the uh, the fleet battle to the center of the map. They've tweaked these things an awful lot over time, and unfortunately, I've never went back to move them back to where they belong. So, starting with season nine, world events including fog, Megs, Kraken, and the other world events um, will be more frequent and in more areas. So you'll be able to see Megs in more parts of the world that they haven't been there because they've been turned off and turned on and moved and all that stuff. More Krakens around the world. You're going to see the fog, not just in the roar anymore. It's going to start to be across more of the Sea of Thieves as it was designed to be. You'll see more Megs and things like that. And their frequency will be increased as well. Um, So again, Things that have been broken over time are now being rebaked and finished up the way they should have been when these particular features have been released. Harpoon improvements. Now, this is one that I'm on both sides of the fence. So the harpoon, obviously it's been broken a lot, but the harpoon has been a frustrating thing, especially for solo players. Because what happens is you harpoon something, someone has to pull it off the harpoon, they have to place it on the deck, they have to harpoon the next thing, take it off the harpoon, place it on the deck. As a solo player, that is a pain in the ass and takes a long time. But the side of me is also like, that's realistic. You shoot it with a harpoon, you got to pull it off the harpoon and put it on the deck. And I liked that. But... I also didn't like it because I spent so much time harpooning, I wasn't getting to play the game. So I see it both sides because you know me, I like the accuracy. I like it to be as realistic as possible, So, um, but still work. So I'm on both sides of this. I like the fact that it's more convenient that harpoons are going to instantly unload um, on your boat or on your rowboat so you don't have to spend the time unloading it and you can get back to playing. I think as far as a player, I think as far as most players, the the majority of players are going to say this is a great thing. I think probably 99% of players are going to say it's the right thing. I'm going to say that I might be the only player out there that wants the realism, but that's fine. I like the fact that I'm now going to be able to quickly harpoon stuff and get back to actually playing the game. There will be a side of me that is sad that the his, the, the the accuracy of having to actually take the thing off the harpoon is now gone. But I think over time, I think the happiness of me getting able to play more instead of spending time harpooning is is going to be uh, is going to win. So I'll take that as a win, and I know a lot of players um, are excited about that. Uh, the canon hit music I've bitched about this for a long time and I know a lot of people have the canon hit sounds the doodaloo 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 that sound whenever you hit on a canon has always been tied to the music fader not everyone wants to play the Sea of Thieves music even though it's brilliant most of the time sometimes you want to jam out to your own tunes or you're trying to listen to borders and things like that you don't want the music playing but in order to get the the cannon hits and get that feedback that you got a long ball right, uh, you need that. So a new fader has been added into your audio settings that will just control that particular feedback sound so you can have your cannon sounds without having the in-game music playing. I think this is great. I've wanted this for a long time. 
I've complained about it. I know a lot of people have. I'm glad this has been introduced. It's a great quality of life item. <clears throat> Another item that, again, there's part of me that hurts because of, of, of the accuracy of it. But there's another part of me that, again, will probably will definitely win out and say, well, I want to get back to playing. That is selling things directly from collector's chests. So as we all know, you take a collector's chest with three items, you drop it in front of the vendor, you pick up one item, you sell it, you pick up one item, you sell it, you pick up one item, you sell it, you pick up your chest, you go get more stuff. Now you'll be able to just walk up to the vendor with the full collector's chest Click one button, it'll sell everything in there to the vendor that the vendor will purchase, and it'll tell you if you have to go to a different vendor. It will not sell the collector's chest until you hit the button again. So again, it's going to speed up um, selling. It's going to get you back out on the seas faster, and I like that. There's still a part of me that feels bad because I'm like, I kind of liked the accuracy of me putting a treasure chest down and pulling out my piece of loot and being like, here, like the barter system, like here's here's the treasure that I brought back for you. Give me gold for it. I liked that. And there's part of me that would be sad that that's gone. But I think the part of me that's going to win out is, hey, I get to go back out and get more loot now because it's it's quicker to sell. So, it, again, it's a it's a tear for me. But but. I, I think at the end of the day that I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll be happy with that. The Fort of Fortune has been retuned. <clears throat> the Fort of Fortune will be spawning more, and they have adjusted the waves and the overall feel and progress of the Fort of Fortune that it can be done quicker. I've said that the reason the Fort of Fortune is something that a lot of people avoid is because of how long it takes. You are sitting there naked for a very long time fighting a lot of skeletons, captains, bosses, mini bosses, ashen lords, and and you're you're just there naked fighting them. And yeah, you get a lot of loot, but is the amount of loot worth the time investment or could you get that amount of loot by doing something else, multiple things quicker? So they're retuning it where we're going to see more Fort of Fortunes pop, which is a good thing. And they're going to be tuned so they're quicker to get through. They're still going to be challenging, but they're not going to take as long. So I think that is a, a good idea to bring back life uh, to the Fort of Fortune. Ghost Fleet World Encounters are coming back. So we haven't seen Ghost Fleet World Encounters since Flameheart has uh, has has no longer been a talking head in the sky um, with the start of Adventures. Um, Ghost Fleets are back, which are fun. Ghost Fleets are fun. It was nice to have them in the rotation of world events, and I'm glad they're coming back. I have a lot of fun with Ghost Fleets, and I hate that the only reason that I got Ghost Fleets um, after Flameheart disappeared was the fact that, well, I had to get a voyage for it. I kind of like the randomization of it. Um, there are going to be changes to the mermaid statues, which I think this sounds really cool to me. So the mermaid statues are going to be retuned. They are going to be easier to kill. All three will be easier to kill. And there is a potential that you won't just get one gem out of it. There's a chance you can get up to three gems out of a single mermaid statue, which means... 
a piece of content that was a, oh, I hear a mermaid statue. Oh, it's blue. I don't really want it. it uh, whatever. Move on. Oh, it's red. It's going to take too long to kill. Oh, I don't want it. And now it's going to move to, oh, I have a chance to get three gems out of this blue one. That's worth my time. So it's reinvigorating. I, I would say it's a an it's attempt, and I think it's going to work at least for me, uh, uh, attempt to reinvigorate people's drive to kill mermaid statues. And I think that's a really good thing. Uh, I think that's a really good change as well. Um, so as far as doubloons, um, doubloons are going to to now be used. Uh, we haven't seen anything for doubloons for a while. Um, they're going to start bringing back old season cosmetics uh, that you can purchase for doubloons. In season nine, you will be able to purchase season one battle or plunder pass cosmetics with doubloons at a very high cost. So I hope you've been saving your doubloons, especially if there's some season one cosmetics that you want. I think over all the seasons, I think I've missed one cosmetic. Um, and it's one of the mid seasons, so it's going to be several seasons before we might see that one. Um, but again, if you want the, the cosmetics, they, they said they would bring some of this stuff back. They already brought back the pirate legend curse. Um, um, and they've tied it to, um, PVP, I think. Um, now they're bringing back the other cosmetics tied to doubloons. So again, a good way to get those pesky doubloons out of your pockets that have been sitting there for a while. You will also have a series of new pirate legend only at voyages that you can purchase um, for doubloons. And one of those happens to be the new skull of destiny voyage. And I think this skull is something that they should have done with the fort of the damned originally. I think the allure of the flames of fate and going around and getting them. I think it was a cool concept. I think it was, Something that they should have realized real quick that this is a dumb idea because it takes forever to get the flames and then you still have to get a ritual skull. I think they should have, this again, is fully baking that solution instead of leaving it um, rough around the edges. So the Skull of Destiny, you'll get a voyage for a Skull of Destiny. When you get the Skull of Destiny, it has the ability <clears throat> to light all the flames of fate at the Fort of the Damned and it can be used as the ritual skull. So one voyage gets you one Fort of the Damned activation. So we're going to be seeing a lot more Fort of the Dams going because it's very profitable and they're very easy to do. Um, so there you go. So watch out for those tuckers. Or if you are a tucker, start licking your lips because you're going to see a lot of Fort of the Dams out there. Um, you're going to have your prime pick of Fort of the Dams and Fort of the Fortunes uh, to steal. The Skull of Destiny Voyage will be pirate legend purchasable only only unless you log in during community day in which you will get one if you're not a pirate legend everyone will get one so pirate legend um, only and based on the preview that they said they mentioned it is stackable which means you could get multiple uh skull of destinies and do Fort of the Dam back to back to back, kind of like back in the old days where you could dig up ritual skulls and do back to back to back to back. What I will say is one of the things when they took the ability to do multiple ritual skull voyages from outposts out of the game, it hurt Alliance servers because Alliance servers like to have a Fort of the Damned 
constant rotation of ships doing Fort of the Dam because that's a lot of money. They like to have that. And when they took that away, then they had to get creative about getting ritual skulls to the Fort of the Damned. Now they're going to have the ability to once again stack Fort of the Dams like crazy. So if you play Alliance servers out there, this is something that I'm sure you're very excited about. And unfortunately, Rare, this is helping them out. So I like what it does, but it's also going to help out the organizations that you're trying to snuff out. Um, here is one that I personally was not a fan of. And yes, yes, this one, again, it gets you back out into the battle faster. But in the same regards, there's a reason it was built the way it was, and I think it should have remained. And that is you can now sell emissary flags to the Reaper skeleton at all of the outposts. I do not like this. One of the reasons the Reapers were, su were supposed to get a gold advantage is ri risk versus reward. You're marked on the map and you have to go to a centralized selling location. High risk, high reward. The pirate's life right there. Now that you don't have to go to Reaper's hideout in order to sell your treasures, such as your emissary flags, which is your big one. Now that you can just go to uh, the skeleton to sell your emissary flags, the risk is now going down because you have multiple ports to go to versus one centralized location that if someone doesn't want you to sell their flag, that they can head you off at and, and battle to get their flag back so you don't get to sell. Now you have to do the whole chase thing. You can jump off at any of the outposts. I really think with this, they need to reduce the value on emissary flags when sold to Reapers. They really need to, to bring that down uh, because the risk is now much more minimal. You're still marked on the map. That is, if you are running a Reaper emissary, which you should be, you're still potentially marked on the map. But now that you can sell anywhere, I really think the value of those emissary flags should be brought down, 100% brought down. Um, because the the risk is just not the same. I don't like this change. I liked that that particular faction had to go to one place, kind of like a Tortuga or something. They couldn't go to a normal fort and sell things or a normal sea post to sell things because they're doing bad things, right? They're 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 serving the evil guy. They're they're the hunters, right? I, I really don't like this change. Uh, it's just a bad change in my mind. I understand why they did it. It makes things, again, the idea is to get you back in the fight faster, to give you more options to sell. I get it. I understand it. I just don't like it. I think more balance on that needs to happen. Maybe we'll see it in the patch notes. But the risk is now lessened, so the reward on emissary flags should be lessened. And for all you Hunter's Call fans out there who have been wanting some Hunter's Call love, here you go. Big Hunter's Call love here. First off, Merrick's nephew has now taken the spot of Merrick at Steven Spoils. So you can once again sell your Hunter's Call to Steven Spoils. There you go. Merrick's nephew's there. Um, they said his name multiple times. I 
didn't know how to spell it, so I didn't put his name in here. So it's Merrick's nephew. Hunter's call items are now able to be sold to sovereigns. So fish and all that stuff can go to sovereigns. You don't get any sort of bonus money. You can just sell it there. So, you know, you don't have to go to a sea post. I do think this invaluates just that alone makes the sea post less valuable. However, good job rare this time for fully baking out this solution because you can do the convenience of the sovereign when you're selling everything else, you just get money. However, if you sell your hunter's call stuff, as you've always done at the sea post, you will get a gold bonus for using the hunter's call um, um, a representative to sell your stuff. So this is a fully baked solution from rare. It's a great revamp. They say you can sell anywhere just for some money. But if you go back and use our C post, which we want to keep relevant, you can sell for bonus gold there. That is a good and fully baked solution. Well done. The other thing for all you fishermen and fisherwomen out there, you can now buy a bait box um, at the outposts or at the hunter's call. Um, and you can use that bait box, um, just for bait. Like you do the cannonball crates and things like that. And I believe there's some bait that starts in there. So for all you fishy people out there, uh, now you can get yourself a bait box, uh, not have to use, uh, the, uh, the food chest. Cause I hate digging through worms in my food chest. Uh, and finally, um, the last thing I want to say, and I'm very confused about this. I need more information. I'm hoping to get more information and I'll talk more in depth with it next week. Um, but sea of thieves has announced that they're releasing the sea of thieves, 2023 deluxe edition. I stopped the video when they announced that. And all that I could see it is, is you buy sea of thieves, you get some cosmetics, you get some ancient coins. I don't understand what the big deal about this deluxe edition is. There was nothing in the video that said new graphics, new engine, updated to only work on the Xbox X and PC. There was nothing in there that said this is any different than the normal game, aside from, hey, we're relaunching that you can buy this deluxe edition and get some cosmetics out of it. That's the only thing I saw. So I'm going to try to research this a little bit more, but for me, this just looks like a money grab. Like that's all it looks like to me. If I'm being completely honest with you, there is nothing that screams deluxe edition. Not to mention, I don't believe I've ever seen ever in the history of me gaming, a company release a deluxe edition five years after they released the original game. And the deluxe edition has nothing different than the original game aside from a few cosmetics. It makes zero sense to me. I hope that when I research, I will find something that's different. But right now, it just seems like a money grab, and I don't like that at all. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. But I'm hoping that I can do some research and figure out that it does actually make sense. If you know what's different from the deluxe edition versus... The, the current edition, aside from the cosmetics, I don't care about the cosmetics or the ancient coins. Those could have put, been put in as a bundle. They could have been put in the Emporium. They could have been Xbox Store bundle. I want to know what the difference between the deluxe edition game and the current Sea of Thieves game is. That's what I want to know. 
And if it's nothing, this this is just a money grab, and I don't like it whatsoever. But guys, it was a long episode because there's a lot going on with Sea of Thieves right now. <clears throat> I appreciate everyone who reached out to me um, over the past week as I hadn't been streaming and things like that because I took some time to spend with the family um, just because of my stress levels and things like that. Um, so thank you for everyone who reached out to me to check on me. I am fine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm alive and doing well. I'm just putting more focus on my personal health, um, and, and, and just trying to take care of myself with everything that's going on, um, in real life right now. So, uh, we will be back to streaming this weekend. So if you're listening to this on the weekend, uh, come by and check out the Twitch channel, please go check out the Patreon. Uh, and if you feel, uh, so inclined to support it, um, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you next time on pirate talk radio.